And that's why, like, I will stand by, if I have to stand by anything that I've said here, it's like that, like, like none of us is right. Like, and right. it's like, and it's, you know, cause like, and, and none, nothing is right for all situations, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, like what's going to be on country radio and, and a smash and be great for something isn't necessarily also going to be uh, on gossip girl or, or whatever it is, you, exactly. you know? Yep. So there, 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 there can be great things um, in, in different contexts. All right, our guest today, Marty Silverstone. He's a partner and SVP creative head of sync at Primary Wave. He oversees licensing activity for Primary Wave's music publishing and management clients. With staff in Los Angeles and New York, the dynamic Primary Wave sync team is a key part of Primary Wave's proactive marketing approach, constantly creating new opportunities and driving big ideas for music and film, TV, advertising, video games, and other visual media. In 17 years in music publishing, Marty has worked with and secured placements in film, TV, and advertising campaigns for artists such as Kurt Cobain, Smokey Robinson, Def Leppard, Hall & Oates, Aerosmith, Collective Soul, Bruce Hornsby, Kenny Loggins, LP, and Foy Vance. He was recognized as one of Billboard Magazine's top branding power players in both 2018 and 2019. Earlier in his career, while at independent publisher North Star Media, Marty partnered with Chicago advertising agency Leo Burnett to establish the Innovative Artist in Residence program, which continues to break new ground matching brands and new artists. He has a Bachelor of Arts in Psychology from Queen's University in Canada, where he conducted research and published papers on the psychology of popular music. He has also been an instructor at his alma mater, Berkeley College of Music, teaching current issues in the music industry. Marty Silverstone, welcome to the show. This episode is brought to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is a distribution service that can get your music into all the DSPs like Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram. Over a million artists have used DistroKid. I'm one of those artists. I've used DistroKid to get my music out, distribute some of my songs. As you know, as I look into all of these distribution services, I test them out. And DistroKid is great. They offer a ton of features, annual fee unlimited uploads and you keep a hundred percent of your royalties check out districtkid.com all right great to be here how you doing Ari? <laughs> i'm great i'm great um and uh so i'm so interested in primary waves business model and what you do specifically because all the other sync agents that we've worked with and spoken to many of whom were have been on the show primarily are kind of what we call one stops where they are able to clear all the rights and it's usually they have the artist that is also the songwriter and the artist is kind of a one stop they they're able to clear all these these rights they sign these artists the artists write their music they record their music and it's a lot of these independent sync agencies that do that your model i would imagine you're also one stop which we'll we'll get into a little bit more but it's interesting because your catalog is so massive with so many. I mean, I was going down the, your roster, and I mean, I recognize virtually every single art writer and producer on your in your on your roster, um, as everyone would. Um, I mean, they're all you know superstars and incredible songwriters, um, and but also I, I'm curious of the core business model. So so and just how it all works when it comes to sync. So lay this out for me. How, how does this work at Primary Wave? Yeah, I mean, I guess a good way to start, first of all, uh, really good to be here. And I'm, uh, it's, it's, it's my pleasure. Uh, basically, you know, a short way of saying what we're about uh, is giving more focus and creating new lanes and new types of opportunities for songs uh, and or other assets that weren't already there when mm-hmm. you acquired them. So uh, in, in, in a lot of ways, we are in a one-stop model because mm-hmm. a lot of what I do and, and, and work with my team on from a day-to-day basis uh, is creating imagined reworked versions of classic songs uh, where a lot of times, not always, but a, a lot of times it's with contemporary artists and or producers uh, that we work with or that we represent. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's in effect to just uh, to again, to use that one-stop term, to be able to facilitate uh, a much 
uh, a much more easy approach, efficient, efficient approach to licensing mm. from a sink and other perspective, uh, and also uh, in some ways increasing revenue on having both sides of the equation of a license. Right. So the reimagined versions, we're talking cover songs. Uh, so for instance, if somebody wanted to use George on my mind, Ray Charles, I see you have Ray Charles um, as one of your writer producers, you have his catalog. Um, and but they want to reimagine, they want a new cover in a completely different way. Let's say it's a female vocalist, let's say it's uh, really eerie and stripped. And um, what's that process like? Do they come to you and say, hey, we want a reimagined version of George on my mind with a female vocal? And can you find this for us? And then and then what do you do? Yeah. One of the great songs of all time, one of the great performances of all time. It's not one uh, that Ray wrote and, and that is in our catalog because we have- Oh, just kidding. <laughs> that, that, that's okay because it gets referenced all, all the time. And yeah. I mean, it's one of my all time favorite performances. Me too. <laughs> um, no, but um, no, it's it's a mix of, uh, of, uh, of ways that it comes about. So a lot of times it can be uh, a, a a film music supervisor or an ad agency music producer might come to us and just like what you're saying Ari it's mm -hmm. like hey um we're we're looking for something we want to uh have that uh touch of familiarity that gravitas for this ad for for this big campaign that we're doing and we want something familiar uh to try to do as big of a catch-all uh to different demographics let's just say we're talking ads and or trailers or film or what what you know no matter what the, the medium is um but to have um something that either gives it a uh another dimension of freshness newness modern style to the music mm -hmm. um and or uh something that just has an energy that matches the edit for what they're going for on a specific mm -hmm. project again be it a commercial a trailer or something that's happening in a film so it might be like hey um hey marty or hey you know publishers that they're reaching out to we're looking for a classic song we are going to do it with our team in-house we're going to create a cover um uh in a very specific style or we have style we have an artist on board already that we're going to work with or we have mm -hmm. um a really incredible piano player that we're going to use for this who's going to be in the commercial i'm just mm -hmm. you know riffing here yeah um, but we we want to tap into your iconic roster and what, what are some classic songs uh that you think might be a fit and might have the right lyrical theme um and and the right the right vibe for what we're trying to achieve the right tone um so that's on the one hand on the other hand and uh just as much and and i think where we really distinguish ourselves and what we do day in and day out because it's really the focus of our roster being tied to legendary copyrights is just proactively coming up with our own versions um not necessarily tied to any specific project any specific commercial, any specific trailer, TV show, or film, but knowing what a lot of the tones and lanes are of what, like something, like you, like you said, like there's definitely that's not going away. That that sort of female vocal eerie spin on something, uh, or likewise the a sort of more like bombastic tough guy swaggery thing that comes up a lot. Um, so a, a different lane. Uh, or it might just be like right now, a lot of things are like, hopefully the world is coming back to a really good place. We, we hope and heading into the holiday season, it's like a very celebratory and upbeat mm. tone. Cool. And, and you can try that across. Maybe it's something from the Ray Charles catalog um, mm -hmm. that hasn't been recorded in that way. Um, and maybe it's something that is very much uh, as it originally was. Mm -hmm. uh, but really, yeah, the, the goal is to reimagine it. And, and, and mm -hmm. what I find and the thing I like best about publishing specifically yeah. is peeling back those layers on what are just incredible songs and finding something in there that you didn't think was there. And that really maybe mm -hmm. even the original writer didn't think was there either. But it's something that just comes out in the magic of, uh, of, of an incredible song and you find a new spin on it and you put it to work uh, in the licensing world. So if they come to you with, <clears throat> with that second scenario where the um, the company doesn't necessarily have the artist in mind who they want to uh, do the recording of this and they say, you know, we want something. Um, do you work with only the artists on your roster to create covers or do you kind of seek out other covers out there from indie artists or something like that? 
Yeah, it's across the board. So okay. a lot of times, yes, uh, it, it is artists that are in our world. And, and that can be that we represent or it could be artists that are tied to producers that we represent. And it's sort of mm -hmm. all in, in the family or extended family. Um, it can be artists that are, um, you know, ideally, we like to have things that are signed, uh, like on big projects. We, we like to, we like it when big um, major label artists cut our songs, mm -hmm. um, but that isn't necessarily going to be all the time. And, and when it does happen, sometimes it's not always going to be um, that home run that also works, not just for an artist and their record and on the radio and the charts mm -hmm. and in a specific lane of the sync world, which which is what we consider like that that magic sweet spot of touching all those points. Um, so that's why a lot of times, uh, at, at least half of the time, we really do seek out uh, and and people seek us out, artists mm. seek us out um, and to to find new and interesting spins from an artist's perspective, no matter if you're signed and how long you've been doing this. Um, but yeah, independent artists mm -hmm. coming up with really new and interesting ways of doing it, either if it comes from us or them just approaching us or we'll stumble on it and something will just get, you know, come across our desk that we hear from one of our like, like you mentioned, sync agent partners or other mm -hmm. label partners that are working with that artist on the master side. How does it work when, uh, so I see Dan Wilson is on your roster and uh, Dan Wilson, a uh, friend of mine from Minnesota, we, we got the Midwest roots. Um, for those of you who don't know Dan Wilson, prolific songwriter, he is of course, uh, originally in Semisonic, uh, wrote Closing Time, he's the voice on Closing Time, but has had, you know, won a Grammy for the Dixie Chicks, I guess now the, the Chicks record, um, that Grammy winning album, he co-wrote and produced uh, that record, co-wrote most of the songs on that. Um, and then, you know, one of his, the biggest hits of the last 20 years, uh, Someone Like You, he co-wrote with Adele. So let's say they, somebody comes to you and they're like, oh, we want a cover of uh, Someone Like You. Now, you represent 50% of the publishing on that because you represent Dan Wilson's interests, I would imagine. But break down now the process of how that would work when you don't represent all of the publishing there. Right. Great question. So what, what happens with something like that? And it, it's a really good one because it's very nuanced with these things, mm -hmm. because in that case, the artist, the original artist is also a co-writer on the song. And even though it wouldn't be tied at all to that recording, um, right. and, and this might be stuff that, that everyone's hip to, but yeah, so half, half the publishing and every single sync license uh, would have to be approved by all parties, writers mm -hmm. and publishers. Um, so in that case, and largely you find that with, with co-writers and producers, especially when the uh, artist uh, is, is a writer and, you know, of that stature and mm -hmm. someone which is, you know, you know, top of the top, uh, generally speaking, uh, they're going to set the tone for how it's going to go with covers. Um, and, um, you know, there'll be times when you sort of, want to go to them and float an idea and say like, Hey, do you think they're, and, and this is a relatively new deal to us. When it's a new deal, you want to get a feel for the landscape, like what covers have been done, what covers not just have been done, but have been licensed and for what kinds of uses, if any. Mm -hmm. um, but it's definitely something to, to think about and to know about. And um, that's one where uh, I would love to hear, even though that is a monstrous creative challenge to tackle that song uh, <laughs> as an example, but um, it's one where it would be not a, a guarantee right off the bat because it's, you know, mm -hmm. there's definitely a few parties involved, um, mm -hmm. but I'm sure worth the risk. If someone who goes and goes in on it, at least we have the contacts to go and connect the dots. A lot of times we will wait and see uh, um, if, if it gets approved on that end by the artist. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, no, I think when, when you're in a situation like that, and that's a song you really want to do and that you're, you're passionate about mm -hmm. only one thing to do, which is just like, make it great. Seek it out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you have a catalog of, uh, covers and do you kind of seek out great covers of the songs that you represent to kind of have in your arsenal so when somebody approaches you you're like oh yeah i actually have these 10 covers that are already cleared pre-cleared i could you know uh we can we can do this deal today or do you have to kind of seek them out each time yeah great question and it's a combination of both so a lot okay. of the catalogs um that you know we've partnered with or acquired over the last decade mm -hmm. um are 
legendary classic catalogs that have been around for a long time and and presumably housed at other publishers or labels. So that's one of the great things uh, about the collaborative nature of the sync community um, is that uh, we're all a relatively close knit and you're gonna know someone at pretty much every publisher and or label uh, that are our counterparts and our friends that we really need to work with. There are mm -hmm. co-publishers, there are our partners on the master side. So that's mm -hmm. usually a way to get a startup. We, we, we share you know, a lot of assets with, with each other and sometimes um, when we partner with a new artist and or estate, um, they'll just deliver the goods to us. Uh, and then sometimes, and, and no matter what happens with each of those first two methods, no matter what, we're always chasing down, irrespective of what we're creating on our own day to day with new versions. Um, we always got, you know, our, our ears to the ground and looking for other versions that are out there. The obvious ones are going to be the obvious covers. Uh, but we're always looking for uses that you know that that are popping up, that are released, that come out in the streaming services, that are in foreign languages, that are that are anywhere. And so that can come; those good ideas can come from just things we, you know, at, at the executive level, all the way down to you know in, interns. We've gotten mm. looking and look, looking for ones that we think we cool. can put to work. Cool. Um, so break down primary waves business. Uh, so all these writers and producers that I see on the, this roster, um, do you represent all the publishing rights for them or are you just handling sync? Um, no, for anyone who's publishing, we we're involved and we're, we're, we're attached to it's, it's not just sync. We're, we're not just okay. a straight up sync company. Um, like, you know, of which there are many great reps yes. that are out there, but we're, we're, we're a publishing company. Uh, okay. and it just so happens we all, we also do use other partners to do administration rights mm -hmm. for a lot of our catalogs. Um, but it's not just any one revenue stream. It's, it's all publishing. Um, and Who do you use for admin? Um, we, uh, we're agnostic. We, we have deals oh. with all, all of the majors and, um, you know, and, and that again plays into that, what, what I was saying about just having relationships across the board and that being sure. such a, such a pivotal piece to, to making deals happen and to, and to working in this business. Mm -hmm. um, so no, pu publishing is definitely, it's, it's, it's what we're rooted in and, and it's what like the lion's share of our business has been, but really also, um, I, I mean, as you, you read before too, we, we do manage some incredible yep. legacy artists, some of which there's some overlap too, as far as our business uh, with us administering some of their rights on the publishing side, some mm -hmm. not, mm -hmm. uh, which just, you know, just changes the nuance of, uh, of what the sync pitch method is, but uh, our, our sync team also very involved with that, uh, with, with, with our management clients too. But uh, the other third lane, which has become a big one for us in the last couple of years, uh, alongside all the big publishing acquisitions we've been, um, we've been racking up and, and creatively exploiting uh, is we're in the master's business now. So we bought Sun Records um, and a number of other uh, catalogs that are pri primarily tied or equally publishing and tied, but really just tied to masters, mm. um, which is, uh, which has been somewhat new, but also equally fun. Awesome. So if you have the masters, are you uh, only going after masters that you also have the publishing side to as well? So you can be one stop for that, or now are you just on that other side and now have to work with your publishing partners? Yeah. Another great question. Um, not necessarily. It's, okay. it's, it's ideal, but a lot of times, I mean, our, our um, bare bones thing is uh, it has to be legendary. We, we want to do, <laughs> you know, we we're, we're looking for the iconic evergreen mm. songs and or recordings. Sometimes the publishing mm -hmm. is not available. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, but there's great opportunities on the master side. So um, yeah, I mean, Chris awesome. Isaac is, 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 is a, Chris Isaac is an example of someone who, who's publishing we're not affiliated with, but we are now um, in, in the master's business with, oh, um, with him, which are like incredible and like amazing, uh, amazing hits for, for the licensing world too, but just not mm -hmm. necessarily tied to publishing. Right on. So when you acquired Sun Records, the master side, I mean, you know, those, those artists typically, you know, we're talking Elvis. Jerry Lee Lewis, Johnny Cash, Carl Perkins, Roy Overson. A lot of these artists, they didn't write their own songs. And so it's going to be a piecemealed where the publishing kind of is. So it makes sense that these iconic master recordings, um, you actually probably would have 
uh, a bit more leverage on that master side because these are iconic artists and iconic recordings. Um, and then you can kind of, do you then go to those publishers and try to get pre-clearance or do you work out most favored nations MFNs with them and say, hey, let us do the heavy lifting here and you'll get that? Or uh, how does that work? Yeah, it's a give and take. So um, mm -hmm. uh, a lot actually of the early stuff um, not all of it, but a lot of it, and not necessarily those those classics, but we do have all those masters. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of uh, of the early stuff from some of those big names, uh, like Johnny Cash and like Jerry mm -hmm. Lewis, um, believe it or not, they are one stop inside of the Sun Records catalog, not necessarily oh. those biggest of That's... big hits, sure. um, which which you're you're right on the money. There's like like the big hits, like Walk mm -hmm. the Line, are going to be with, with the Cash estate, and 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 mm -hmm. he's got his publishing set up elsewhere. Mm, um, but it's it's uh, it, it's a mix. So uh, that is early um, enough where they were where they were taken publishing, and that there wasn't really a question about that. That makes sense, well, I and guess. So, yeah. And some of those early recordings, uh, you know, Mr. Cash isn't even necessarily a writer on, and likewise right. with Jerry Lee Lewis. You know, some of right. those songs were, were from outside writers, and some of them were inside of that uh, Sun Publishing Company. Mm -hmm. um, but look, at the end of the day, it's those big songs. It's it's Folsom Prison Blues. It's I Walk the Line. Yeah. It's uh, you know publishing for Great Balls of Fire and and a whole lot of shaking going on. It's going to be elsewhere <laughs> with 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 big time publishing companies. So sure. those relationships are hugely important and and pivotal to us making deals and us sort of walking in step together. Um, mm -hmm. Much the same way when when uh, when the tables are turned and we're you know we're pulling the strings with publishing. Uh, and and the master on the other side. So yeah, it, it's a lot of real uh, collaboration and walking in step. So uh, a lot of people who are listening to this right now um, and our students that are on, uh, mostly independent artists. Um, and I think a lot of them... Uh, Maybe they're they're thinking want to do a cover that is in your catalog. Uh, what's the process for an independent artist who sees your catalog, wants to do a cover, um, and then wants to maybe try for uh, to try to get some success with this, try to get this synced? How do they go about it? What, what's your recommendation? I think I think the process. Uh, all starts with first and foremost uh, with making a cover is like, what is your goal, you know? Mm -hmm. And is it like what you just said necessarily tied to getting a sync? That's one thing, but mm -hmm. um, maybe it's not. And you can start with that and just say, maybe it's, you're really a fan of a certain artist or a certain genre. Maybe it's that classic, you know, rockabilly stuff from Sun, or maybe it's a classic, you know, it's the Ray Charles catalog that you mentioned. You're just a fan and you want to make music and you want to release it. And, mm -hmm. um, by the way, like sometimes some of the best music and recordings of all time come from just people that are just doing something just because it feels right and they don't they don't have no mission whatsoever. Right. Um, and for that kind of thing, no rule book, no uh, no restrictions. You can release whatever you want to release. Right. Uh, as long as you and and probably most of the students know that um, just by filing a compulsory license. Uh, you don't need any kind of permissions and uh, you've got free reign. Mm -hmm. um, but if, you know, if sync really is the mission, then uh, with, with that, I think the next step I touched on in a bit, but the next thing is to really think about and do a little bit of homework, not over homework, but um, on the clearability before you even start to talk about creative and, and the different specific lanes and tones that we talked about. Is it going to be that eerie thing for the trailer? Is it going to be the, you know, the bombastic, uh, you know, testosterone vibe for, for, for an action hero or a, sure. a, a superhero film. Um, but no, it's, it's um, knowing, doing a little homework and that might be from seeing what's online or having a relationship with someone uh, mm -hmm. who's in that writer or artist camp and knowing, well, generally speaking, and, and so much of this can just be found online from looking up the licensing history on a specific catalog or a specific mm -hmm. song and seeing some things maybe have never ever been in commercials, which, which is fewer and fewer artists, but there, but there are some, mm -hmm. um, some catalogs um, maybe don't touch anything that goes along with scenes of violence um, or, uh, or maybe it's specific, a specific brand category within ads. There are, there are mm -hmm. some artists that won't touch that. 
Um, so, I mean, that, that's getting maybe a little bit in the weeds, but generally speaking, it's about really having a relationship um, with someone who can break that down for you at the publisher, at the rights holder. Um, and it doesn't have to be someone who's, you know, who's necessarily an executive there. It could be someone who's really just involved with um, filing registrations and, and licenses. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't mm. need to be the most senior your person. It could just. I mean, you said that you have your interns going out and seeking these covers too. So it's just kind of getting out, yeah, foot going in. And, yeah, and and seeing what's out there. It's it's yeah. like it's like just having like some uh, like like a little bit of inside info and knowing. But a lot of it really is public info and and, and mm-hmm. information you can you can glean by just doing your homework online. Mm. Um, but no, but that's that that's definitely an, an important an important part of it. And then. Um, yeah. So, and, and especially if you, and even if it's like someone's, not, you know, you, you on a certain catalog or at a certain publishing company doesn't necessarily want to help you, which hopefully isn't the case because hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the other publishers and people you connect with are going to be like us. They're going to want to, you know, be supportive of, of up and coming artists and, and supportive of anyone really that wants to, you know, you're in it together with them because if it's someone that wants to help, you know, cast your rights into, you know, in, in a new light and come up with something new, everyone wins. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, again, there's a lot of things that come into play. And like you mentioned with, with, with the Adele uh, reference, it's not mm-hmm. always going to be easy to get every single person on board and get it all wrapped up in a bow. Um, but the best way to, uh, again, to, to come up against that is to just make something so good and so interesting that you're making people's lives easier and it makes mm-hmm. their job easier and make it undeniable. And I guess that just like, you know, that, that dovetails into creative now. Um, yes, it's gotta be great. It's gotta mm-hmm. be great. And it's gotta be great in the first few seconds. Um, and, and, uh, it's true. I mean, people, I like to, I love listening to music, but at the end of the day, there's only so much time in the day and there's so much time in the day for new stuff. I always try to make time, for new music and mm. and I know like my peers and, and my music supervisor clients and friends all love listening to music but I've also seen how quickly you know the next button can get hit you know and it's um you really you, you know you really want to try to get someone's attention uh with something quite quickly real quick I want to let you know about two lost two lost is a new distribution company to the space and let me tell you I am very impressed with them I I got a full deep dive demo with the founder and yeah they're very innovative and when you come into the distribution space at this stage with how crowded it is you better be innovative and they are Yes, they will get your music out to Spotify, Apple Music, all the places, plus 450 other outlets around the world. They do not take a commission. This is why 300,000 artists and labels have already used them. They've already distributed 7 million songs. They offer payment splitting, and they don't charge your collaborators for this service, for the payment splitting. They will just pay your collaborators directly for free. They have publishing administration with... BMG, so you know it's legit. A lot of distributors have have fallen into trouble with using some other uh, less than legit pub admin services. Well, Two Loss is partnered with BMG. You know it's legit. They offer instant royalty advances. Uh, this is something that's very cool. And if you have historical streaming data and you need just a bulk payment up front, they can see how much your music has earned in the past. I'm like, all right, we think we know what you're going to earn in the next three years. Here's a check for 100 grand or whatever it will be. And you can just click a button and get that distributed and um, into your account immediately. They do lyrics and credits distribution for free. They have a very innovative analytics platform where, yes, you will see real-time analytics for Spotify, Apple Music, but also Pandora Deezer, SoundCloud, and Peloton. They're the only ones that do Peloton. Uh, They also have a service where you can search the internet wherever your music is being used, and it will just show you a chart of everywhere, every TikTok video, everywhere, every YouTube video, everywhere your music is possibly being used. I've never seen this before. That was very cool. They'll register with SoundExchange, and they have a fraud prevention tool, and they're doing fraud prevention. So if you're worried about your music, you know, getting a bot attack or something like that and getting ripped down, which we've seen is a big issue. Uh, they have fraud prevention tools that are better than most other distributors that I have seen. 
check out Two Lost. You can just go to twolost.com. Use the promo code Ari's Take for three months free and try them out. Let them know what you think. How do you listen to music specifically when you get a new song? Um, I mean, ideally not on Zoom. <laughs> right. We're not going to have a little listening session right now, but yeah. No, 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 no. I just mean, I just mean, because it happens a lot. Just and, and, okay. and working on Zoom is like, it's like, you know, in a lot of ways, the new, very functional, uh, good way of doing business. But sure. no, I like, I like to either put on my headphones or, or crank up my, my monitors here in my home studio or when we're mm-hmm. at, you know, our, our office studio or, or our office. Um, that's probably the one thing I miss the most. Uh, about all this uh, remote working, um, we all listen to music, and and um, that hasn't changed. But listening to music as much with people in the same room at the same time uh, mm-hmm. has changed, and mm-hmm. and so obviously I hope to get back to that because there's something chemical I think that happens there, and 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 I think there's something there, uh, not just about enjoying like a musical moment, but just seeing people from a business perspective, seeing people's reaction and getting people's cues and and knowing really what they feel about it or which parts of the record really, uh, really hit home or didn't. Do you typically, when you get a new song, listen to it straight through? Because I've been in some of these, um, I've sat with music supervisors, for instance, and they're, they're the kings and queens of jumping around. They'll listen to the first 15, 20, 30 seconds. They go to the middle. They go to the end. They're actually looking at the waveforms and the disco file. And they're like, all right, where's this explosion happen? What's this here? And they clicked. And it's like the most interesting, weird way to listen to music. How do you do it? Yeah, that, I mean, that, that's not far off. I, I mean, okay. I've, seen it, I've seen it all. You're, you're exactly right. A lot of times it's just eyeballing a waveform. Right. Um, and no, and that, and that's a that's a great thing you bring up, Ari, because that's such a big piece of creating these records. If you're doing it, especially with licensing in mind, and not just necessarily tied to a film trailer or uh, or, or a film or, or mm. any particular sync medium, but the dynamic is so important, and like the contour, the the build of a track, uh, is is so important. And a lot of times, you know, that means yes, it's like the big crescendo and like that, like those big moments, but also it's it's like these sort of like quieter moments, you know. It's it's those times when things breathe a bit, um, and a, a lot of a lot of what that's about. Again, I was saying from a business perspective, it's a collaborative field, but also think about it musically because it's it's not just a record you're hearing on Spotify. It's the end game is something that is coexisting with either something that's being set to picture. It's mm-hmm. a film. It's people talking. It's people running. It's people wh- whatever they're doing a car chase. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, 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 a you know, a department store ad, it, it's all these different things that might be going on. Um, so a lot of what happens, uh, a lot of what you have to think about is, is, is really those kinds of dynamics and the shape of the track. So that's, that's definitely a way, um, that, that a lot of the supervisors and, and on our end too, that, um, mm-hmm. that, that we listen to music and, and how, how we approach putting in the, yeah, when we get cool. new records. Um, what briefs are you seeing these days? Yeah, so I mean, it's it's starting to become holiday type stuff already. You know, we see um, some of the the Christmas and holiday season um, from uh, from an advertising perspective. So, with that, you know, um, and, and for perspective, we're recording this in August, and so uh, you're seeing people are starting to think about holidays in August. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, mo- most definitely, if not earlier. I mean, usually by end of spring, early summer um, wow. is when is when we're having our writers come up with uh, either new new versions uh, or new music, new new songs, but also mm-hmm. new versions of some of the songs from our catalog. Not even necessarily. Mm-hmm. Christmas songs per se, but songs that sure. um, that touch on the season, and that's a lot of what's really happening now. It's like it's not even a, like to, to answer your question. A lot of what you see in the brief, uh, typically, uh, and and de- definitely this year is uh, for for the holidays. You know, not expressly saying Christmas or the holidays. Even it's really just about capturing the sentiment and the spirit of the season. Um, right. And what does that entail? What 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 is happening up on screen? It's you know it's family and especially this year. Hopefully it's togetherness and um, uh, and, and back to my point about um, uh, hopefully it's a really upbeat moment, an upbeat time, and it's about celebration and 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 more energy 
to things and, and a little more a little more fun as opposed to really what was last holiday season um and and from an advertising perspective at least it was a lot mm-hmm. of sort of those down tempo somber spots and and i think you know there i mean there definitely still might be some of that but i think what we're seeing in the briefs is much more um much more a bent towards you know it's towards like an upbeat sheen to it Hmm. And in general, I mean, that that makes sense as as uh, the holidays last year, most people could not spend together with their family. So that's why uh, they're a bit uh, probably much more mellow and, and um, not as as cheerful and peppy. That makes sense. Uh, matching the, the tone and vibe of just the, the world um, in terms of. Uh, trends just in general not like at this moment uh you know as people are preparing for holidays but uh you know what artists are you seeing being referenced a lot these days as what advertisers are looking for yeah i mean that's that's a good question i mean you're definitely seeing a lot of um i mean a lot of what i see is tied to like classic classic music you know but you'll you'll see like on the contemporary side um, some of the go-tos, you'll see a lot of Sophie Tucker as an example, just something that always comes up is like, it's got that, you know, it's just, it's just got that, like that, that cool factor, that funky thing, um, that, that plays to a lot of different things. Mm. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's definitely one that, that comes to mind, um, right Mm -hmm. now. I know, depending on like what the medium is. Um, there's definitely, there's always a call. You and I were talking about this before for just great sort of bombastic uh, hip hop mm-hmm. um, that, that plays to uh, definitely to sports and to the anthemic side of things. Um, Our instructor, Vo Williams, uh, specializes in in that. And, and yeah, he's... Um, he, he's an expert when it comes to that anthemic, um, epic hip hop, as, as he calls it. But uh, I know I've been seeing a lot of briefs for Run the Jewels lately. That's kind of the, the that, that always comes up. And then I think mm-hmm. from an ad perspective, like some uh, you'll see for some of like the travel stuff and 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 the sort of chill sort of like road trip vibes. You'll see like like poolside, poloy pen, like stuff like that come up mm-hmm. once in a while. Yeah, those are cool. those are a few that come to mind. Cool. Uh, we had a question come through from John Agaki, and I do want to answer or ask you this: um, When you mentioned before earlier, how do you find the licensing history of a song? How does okay. one do that? Yeah, great, great question. So there's a, a lot of different things you can do. So definitely um, by by googling, um, just you can go as wide as you want and just look mm-hmm. at. Um, movie, TV, film, and commercial history, and just see uh, on, a, on a given song, on a given artist. Um, but uh, there's a great website called tunefind.com, mm-hmm. which uh, does a really good job um, of putting together histories on songs and artists. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's, it's open sourced, I believe. So there's, there's uh, you know, a lot of great information on there. I use it a ton. Our team uses it quite a lot. Um, and then uh, on the advertising side, there's there's a great website. There's a few of them, but there's um, there's one called iSpot.tv, right. which is a, a fantastic resource that we use quite a bit uh, and, and seeing the latest and greatest in the ad world. Mm-hmm. Um, but it might just be on like a given artist's Wikipedia page. You know, you, you, you might just stumble on there. It's not going to obviously it's not uh, anything official, but you go on there and you might see some sure. of the most important things that have happened uh, culturally in an artist's career that are on there. So most most of the big ones of relevance will, will be on there. And if something has happened, it'll, it'll be on there. Cool. Great, great advice um, and super helpful. Um, so I also see that you do have some writers and producers on your roster who are not uh, your household names, like of the, all the artists we were discussing before of their catalog and stuff. Um, these are some of more... Uh, emerging artists, I guess. Um, now, when you sign artists these days, um, are you focusing? Are you are you expecting them to write for briefs that you're that you have come in, or are you signing them based on the merits of their current catalog? Um, it's a combination of both. I mean, really, we're 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 signing writers who uh, are talented 
who uh, are of similar mind to us that um, they love music, um, they want to work hard uh, and and do well. Um, and and yes, ideally they they have they're at a certain level um, in their career where there's you know maybe a team around them and they have a certain level of of, of activity happening with them. Um, but really, you know, the biggest success stories, just like looking back and even present day with the writers that are on the contemporary roster are the ones um, that do a little bit of everything and that just want to be in our creative ecosystem, you know, and they want to, yes, they've got cuts and maybe that were the ones that they were signed for with major mm -hmm. artists or their mm -hmm. own artist project. Mm -hmm. um, but they also want to, you know, sit down with me and, and see what kind of ads I'm working on or, or what, mm. what kind of films um, are, you know, in front of us on any given day. Um, and what are some things they might want to try to either pitch um, demos that they've got in the trunk that are sort of roughs um, uh, or to try and write something new. Mm. Um, and uh, really, th those are the ones that I see go go the distance. It's It's the ones that you know, and, and it might be some of those artists who are like, hey, I want to try taking a stab at a cover. I want to do something mm. from the primary wave catalog as well. Cool. So, yeah, it, it's really it's really those type of creatives that are the ones that are, you know, that have all those different compartments going at any one time or throughout their career have uh, have been willing to try different things and, and hopefully have been successful in at least one or more of the areas. Cool. How often are you signing uh, these more contemporary artists, as you call them? Yeah, so we we definitely sign uh, a handful of new writers and or producers every year. Um, not like nearly as much as uh, as we are involved in the catalog side. Sure. Um, but we we definitely sign uh, a handful of things every year. And and mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the day, it's if it's something that someone on the team is passionate about, and we definitely move as a as a creative team together. Uh, you know, sync A and R and some of the other. Uh, people on the team that are maybe work in marketing or assigning could, again, it could come from anyone on the mm -hmm. team, uh, but we really do try to move together and, 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 and find a consensus that is something we all think we can make a difference with. So, cool. um, yeah, so it really, it, it boils down to that. Is it something that we're passionate about and that we think mm -hmm. we can be effective with? Awesome. Cool. So, um, oh, we got another, uh, let's see. Uh, Nicholas Long asks, do you represent all genres of music at your agency? If not, what genres of artists do you represent? Yeah, all genres. All genres. And like I said, generally speaking, like we're tied to legendary classic copyrights, classic artists and or artists that are brands. But, um, you know, they're artists of all genres, mm -hmm. um, of all eras. And then from on the contemporary side, uh, it, it's kind of like in line with what I said, uh, all styles. It just has to be something that really moves us, that that the creative team and myself get pa are, are passionate about and, and are moved by, and that we feel we can find a lane for. So mm -hmm. it can be it can be all genres, and and a lot of times I don't even think in genres. Uh, I I think I mean we touched a little bit on like on on the kinds of tones that you can approach to to either like a licensability of a song, or we talked about different types of tones for covers, a, a few of them. I, I don't even think as much in genres anymore as much as I do in terms of a, a tone. Is it is it like the, that 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 eerie, scary thing and, mm. and, and very sort of cinematic build? Is it that swaggery thing? Is it celebratory? Is it inspirational, aspirational, like something that plays to a more anthemic thing that, mm -hmm. that you sort of feel where, where that might go? And like just off the top of my head, it's like, we just on the heels of putting some music in Olympics promos, as an example. Right. Um, right. So it really, you know, at least that's the way I, I think. And I, I do see sure. that to, to answer your question also about briefs, too. A lot of times it's about um, it's about the tone. Uh, mm. But but uh, uh, you definitely see genres reference. And so sometimes you'll say you, you'll see in these briefs. And, and, and I know the question is about what, what do we represent? Yeah. Um, but it'll say open to genres, open to era, but no blank. I don't want to offend any fans of a certain genre, but like, no, okay, a lot of times it'll say no country. Right. Uh, no country or no something else. Mm -hmm. um, 
but uh, that's just a note sometimes that can come from a showrunner or from mm-hmm. a brand or something like that. I mean, we know that country typically is is very challenging to place in sync, specifically because country uh, has very uh, specific lyrics uh, where they talk about very specific uh, things, like like uh, which is challenging when you're trying to match uh, the music to picture, which generally deals with more uh universality and you need you need more feelings and and vibes versus uh a specific memory or a specific time which a lot of country music deals in those specifics so that 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 makes a lot of sense yeah for for sure i mean and and if yeah that is you know to put it that way with like if we're speaking broadly and i love a lot of great country songs some of like you know we have some great stuff in in our country in that sun catalog as an example but uh, you're you're right on point Ari. like a lot of times it's it's and it goes back to that point about um uh sharing the screen and sharing the sort of sonic and and visual space with you know there's, there's a lot going on in a country song a country song is a story so you're, you're, you're right on the money about that. It's, it's, it's kind of its own thing a lot of times. Um, right. I mean, if they're, it's like they're singing about whiskey, but the characters on screen are actually drinking Cosmopolitans, like that, you can't do that. Or if you're singing about your truck and they're actually driving a Tesla, that's a little weird. You know, like <laughs> um, it's, that's the thing. It's like if you're singing about Sarah, but the lead character's name is Sophia, like that also doesn't really work. And typically, you know, the, the, just the style. Yeah. Yeah. And that can be not necessarily tied to country. It c- could be in, in, in any totally, style. Across the board. But no, you're, you're, you're definitely you're onto something there. um yeah so okay cool um and but i i love how you um mentioned earlier it's about tones not necessarily genres i mean we're seeing moods we're seeing this across the board this isn't just in sync like if you go to the spotify playlists most of these playlists are moods and vibe and energy and like you know activity playlists and it's not necessarily just pop rock soul r&b whatever um hip-hop so we're kind of in like a post-genre era, just I, I would say across the board. Um, and so, yeah, you illustrated that really well. Um, so cool. Well, um, I think I want to actually just make sure. Um, right, right. Yeah, we're just having some discussions here. Um, the tones and moods. Um, right. <laughs> However, uh, Jeff is like, artists are the worst judge of their own music. That's that's. True. It's, it's hard to judge your own art. Um, but I think, uh, you know, I guess maybe, Marty, what have you seen in, in your uh, experience with artists that you work with um, and just ones that are kind of creating new works when h- how you can kind of help usher a song or a recording or this artist along to get it to those standards where it needs to be? Yeah, and I, I think I think that's actually a great uh, observation, uh, because it's not so much that artists are, are the worst uh, um, you know, knowers of their own music, but it's it's just hard. It, it's 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 yeah. it's hard to separate yourself when when mm. you've put so much into it and you've lived it, and then all the time that's been put in, not just to writing, but like to creating yeah. production. It's so much work, and I, I like I I get it. It's, there's so much into it, and and. I think even just never mind like your own mind and and um, and and your heart what you put into it like I think mm-hmm. physiologically like like you're burnt out on it you don't know mm-hmm. you probably mm-hmm. don't mm-hmm. know certainly not not right away so I think that in some ways that's one of the things I like doing the most and, and our team I, I think I'm most like proud of us for doing is really just like helping usher uh, our our artists uh, along and and really give a fresh perspective and like no one's going to be right necessarily but like what we can bring to the table is like what we've been doing here say what are some of the things that pop pops up in briefs Mm -hmm. um it's not just about briefs too it's about just people that i know and people that i'm talking to and people on Mm -hmm. our team that are talking to certain people and what are some of their tastes and what are some of the things um of our artist's music that they've heard and liked and a lot of it might, it might just be feedback that really goes a long way with with the writer, and it might just be uh, like what we've been talking about here about the importance of dynamics and saying like mm. you know I don't want to mess with your writing and, and do too much, but maybe just this section could benefit from like a like 
a little more space, a little more breathing room, either in the production or maybe it's even in the top line. And in, in mm-hmm. some, sometimes there's, you know, again, it's all about back to what the goal is. Right. You know, it's not telling someone exactly right to, what to write, but it's like, if, if the goal is that we're trying to get a great movie song, then maybe that's mm-hmm. too busy of a top line and there's like too much going on at once. That's a, that's a really great point because it, it's not, is it good or bad a lot of the times? It's what is your goal? Is it going to work for uh, what we're focusing on through the lens of what we're working with? So for instance, like you said, is this going to, you know, it might be too busy of a top line for the spot we're working on, but it might be perfect for a pop song, for a a playlist on Spotify, or this might be the next global worldwide smash hit. It just doesn't work for the sync placement that we're working on right now. It's not necessarily just like, is this good across the board? Is it it gonna work or is it not gonna work? And that's why, like I will stand by, if I have to stand by anything that I've said here, it's like that, like like none of us is right. Like, and it's like, and it's, you know, cause like, and and nothing is right for all situations, you know, mm-hmm. so like, like what's going to be on country radio and, and a smash and be great for something isn't necessarily also going to be uh, on Gossip Girl or, or whatever it is, you, exactly. you know, yep. so there, 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 there can be great things um, in, in different contexts. Amazing. Totally. Well, Marty, this has been so illuminating, so helpful. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time with us. Um, And I have one final question that I ask everybody who comes on the show. What does it mean to you to make it in the new music business? Um, To make it, I guess, is really just doing to make it as a professional in it or to make it as an artist. Uh, Up to you. Yeah. I would say is no matter what you are, if you're an artist, a songwriter, or someone like myself as a creative executive, it's you're doing something that you love with your hours in the day. You're doing something that you care about and you don't necessarily want to clock out. You know, you're doing it, you care about it, uh, and uh, you're hopefully having a good time. Love it. Marty Silverstone, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Brought to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is a distribution service that can get your music into all the DSPs like Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram. Over a million artists have used DistroKid. I'm one of those artists. I've used DistroKid to get my music out, distribute some of my songs. As you know, as I look into all of these distribution services, I test them out. And DistroKid is great. They offer a ton of features annual fee, unlimited uploads, and you keep 100% of your royalties. Check out districtkid.com.